Welcome, everyone, back to the broadcast. <laughs> I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am joined by Tracy Pearson. Tracy, how are you? I'm okay, Dave. How are you? I'm great. Couldn't be better. Okay. It's wonderful. Okay. Yeah, you know, great. just no banter here. Let's just go. Let's just go. Let's live our best lives. No one wants to hear about us. Nobody wants to hear a damn thing about either of us. Yeah. We've got a lot to talk about, Tracy. We have a lot to talk about, actually. We actually do this time. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's it's a medium amount, but for today, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, usually we say it's a lot. So let's just, I mean, call it as it is. This isn't, this isn't a lot, but it's not bad. It's not nothing. No, it's not. There we go. Okay. Let's go. You go um, first. All right, I, I, we talked about our three topics beforehand, and we mentioned them, but I want to go out of order because the thing oh. we talked about last was the most interesting to me. Basketball okay. season. Yes. UCLA basketball season, uh, as a little bit of a footnote to the uh, decision by the Pac-12 to delay football, as a little bit of a footnote, they delayed all athletics till January 1st. Almost uh, in parentheses. Oh, and by the way, we're going to delay all uh, sports until January 1st. We don't know what that includes randomly, but yeah, you're all thrown in that same bucket. And it might have been a little bit of um, um, a, an ignorant play, them thinking maybe everyone was going to eventually go along with them. And maybe they still will. We don't know. But the way the tides are shifting, it doesn't look like um, other leagues are at all eager to cancel. Um, so with that, uh, the NCAA has also started talking about the start of the season because, as we I think talked about on the last show, the NCAA has a lot more control over how the basketball season goes than they really do over football because of the way the playoff system is set up. You know, there's an NCAA basketball tournament, there's an NCAA college football playoff. So the NCAA is bandied about four different start dates, a couple in November, and then stretching into early to mid December as start dates for the basketball season. But you will note if you read carefully. None of those are January 1st, 2021. <laughs> no. Yeah, there's there's three in November and then one December 4th. And I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. That's before January. Yes, I think. Um, I mean, it depends on a sequential calendar. Yes, December in 2020 comes before January of 2021, but it comes after January 2020. So it's, you know, it's a cycle. It's a circle. Things move in circles. Right. Yes. Um, but in this instance... Definitely before the intended start date of the Pac-12 basketball season, unless the Pac-12 decides, oops, we're actually going to start basketball season a little bit earlier. Don't you think it would be really fun if they if they sent out a press release that said, oops? <laughs> be I do so think fun. that would just, be fun. Just one time, like if some guy you're working in Pac-12 and you're on your way out, you're like 65 years old, it's your last week, and you just decide to write that press release and it says oops, oops. I mean, that'd be great i think yeah. that would be fantastic um so you just wrote a story i think speculating about this i think john wilner wrote something um with some news to back it up or some speculation of his own to back it up uh but it's not completely out of the question that the pac-12 could reconsider their uh january 1 start date for basketball yes absolutely because uh he said he had some sources into you the You were just box. flicking somebody away yes, on this podcast. I was, because they're not realizing that it's a podcast. That's incredible. So, yeah. This is live radio, everyone. Live radio. Um, 
Yeah, he recognized he had some sources at the Pac-12. Mr. Wilmer yeah. did and said, basing it on the COVID-19 data at the time, it would have to meet some criteria. Uh, of course, I know Dave Woods will argue that it's all just, it's all just, what do you call it? Happy? Happy crappy. Um, happy so crappy. I think we're in another period of happy crappy, but the, look, at some point I'm going to be very wrong about that because some period of happy crappy is going to be the end of this, right? At some point, either this thing burns through everything or a vaccine is released or testing ramps up to such an extent that we can actually just tamp it down like a fire. Um, but it does feel like another period of happy crappy, you know, where cases are going down in certain areas. Deaths are starting to come down. Everyone's starting to talk as if this thing is beyond us now. It feels a lot like end of May, early June again, right? When we were all talking about, oh, yeah, the football season's going to happen. No problem. It's just a question of whether or not there'll be fans in the stands. Um, and it does feel a little bit like that again right now, but Tracy, I'm much more invested in there being a basketball season, all cards on the table. I really, really want this one to happen. So I'm, I'm on board with the happy crappy. Let's Let's... talk more. Let's talk more reasons why you should believe it then. Okay. So reasons Uh, to believe. Yeah. Basketball is an easier endeavor to to do. I'm going to start top level. I'm going to start top level. I'm going to start top level. You ready for top level? Testing testing appears there there have been a couple of breakthroughs recently. Yeah. Um, including an Abbott test that's coming out in October um, yes. that's going to be very cheap and mass produced and, and will be and possibly quick. self-administered uh, that you don't need to go and get it sent to a lab to get it done. Have they sent that? Because it, I thought in the articles it may not I read be self, said, Yeah, it might not be self-administered, yeah. but at the very least it'll be like 15 minutes and you know. Um, yeah. It doesn't have to be sent to an outside lab. Um, right. So that will allow things like competition sports in a way that didn't seem particularly – it didn't seem foolproof before. And we'll see what the efficacy of this test is. And like there's a it's lot of – It's supposed to be less accurate because yeah, it's based but, on antigens. Right. Yeah. So you don't know for sure and there's no real way to know for sure because there's a fail rate with all these things. But that gives you another, you know, weapon in the toolbox um, against yeah. this thing. Um, and yeah. I think that's a reason for real optimism. You get that out in October. Schools have invested, I think, especially at the Power 5 level, they've invested some serious money in this stuff. Um, you know, these testing regimens, these, you know, different procedures they put in place. So I don't think money's going to really be an object with trying to get something going. Um so I, I think there's reason for optimism that the situation, at least for competition sports, could be a little bit different um, just based on that one simple um, testing breakthrough. OK, so let's go from there to then related to testing, just keeping a team reasonably safe within the you know risk level of COVID-19. 30 people at most for a basketball team, 200 plus for a football team. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Simple numbers. Well, a lot easier, simple numbers. Uh, basketball could be done. You know, uh, we might get some pushback calling it a bubble because bubble implies it's a complete shutdown, lockdown, quarantine. A pod, a bubble-like pod, basketball obviously has a better chance of doing that like on a weekend basis or a four-day basis. Then uh, There was no way to do it with football. So there, you can you can make a case that there's a little bit more reason to be optimistic about basketball. Yeah. I think that, and I think that's all legitimate. It's also starting later. Um, and I think this was, starting this was one of the things that was even curious, you know, at the time was them deciding to delay basketball because 
what's the reasoning? I mean, I, I get the reasoning. There's an ongoing pandemic and the whole thing, but it's when did the Pac-12 announce that? Was it the first week of August? Yes. So you're announcing that three months before the start of the season. Like that probably didn't need to happen. I get that they needed to announce it for football because they were planning on opening fall camp, but they also could have delayed football season and just put, kicked it down the road a little bit like the other leagues have done. So um, many scenarios that could have happened. Maybe kicked it a little bit further down the road, played four games, played four games in um, October and November somehow, every other weekend, played four games in the spring. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so many scenarios to be absolute about it. Now, I mean, I know it, it looked weak to keep kicking the can down the road. I mean, that's probably what yeah. went into the decision, but yeah, so? <laughs> I'm fine. I, I'm still fine with the football decision because I do, I, 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 get, I do fundamentally get it, and I think maybe they were counting on a little bit more buy-in from the other leagues than ended up happening, um, but I, I get it. I mean, that one, sure. It was scheduled to start in September. It's harder to do it the longer you go. I, fine. Basketball is the one that's really weird for me because that one you really didn't need to make a decision until, um, you know, probably, what, October? October 1? Um, yeah. for the November start of the season. So I think there could have been a little bit more wiggle room there, and maybe there will still be. I think because of the time frames allowed, um, you could tell – I think you could tell UCLA tomorrow, hey, uh, season's on, you start practice on you know September 7th, and they'd be like, okay, cool. I mean, yeah. you don't need forever to get ready for a basketball season. You no, need the way, yeah. A couple the, weeks. The, the, <laughs> way they, the way they put this, these options to the NCAA, put the options out. You know, you start, let's, it's starting, and I think this is conservative. Start, let's say the season starts December 4th. Well, let's say it starts November 25th. That's option three. First practice is allowed on October 14th. They could still even do that quicker, but that's that's still pretty quick. You know, right. Com- comparatively to football, you need a lot of time to ramp up. Totally. So this is, this is an ideal situation. Yeah. Um, and then, and I mean, I, I think the Pac-12 doesn't allow it, even though John Wilner's an excellent reporter, we all like him, uh, going back to his UCLA beat days with the Daily News. I've got to think that that still was a little bit of a plant, maybe to get everyone warmed up for it a little, that story. Yeah. Uh, they, I, I, they maybe allowed John to get that information. They used, I, I, and I, I think I'd be willing to be used too, um, but I think yeah. they, they definitely um, use him sometimes to disseminate a little bit of info because he also had speculation. And, I, I you know, I think a, a few people did, but he had speculation about the way the schedule was going to go like a week or two before the Pac-12 announced it. Um, I did too, Dave. But I yeah. remember. But um, <laughs> I, 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 John, I think, gets that you know, from, I think the league offices to an extent, um, because, and that's just good reporting, you know, he's getting, um, stuff from John sitting on Larry Scott's, uh, $25,000 leather sofa in his office is what right. I think. Every right. day. But, that's where he works from right there. But this is why when, when Wilner, you know, starts to speculate about things, we all kind of, oh, oh, interesting perk up yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think there's hope for hoops. Hope for who oh, I should have. Maybe I should have made, made yeah. that the do you, title. Do you feel like maybe a little bit of a little bit of an idiot now? Yeah, no, I'll just change it. <laughs> That's the beauty of the internet; you can change things. No Is it right? Knows. Can you do that? Interesting, D- Dave. How long have you, been, Dave? You can change things. I just I, I go I go uh, just pure from the brain to the page. 
no proofing, no anything. Right? I honestly no what... no, like taking you behind the curtain. I very rarely read over what I've written. As as Don't many of the readers long. as many of the readers know. Go. You know I love you dearly, but I know that you do do that. Do yeah. do. You said do do. I do do. Yeah. yeah. You said do do. Um, all right, so basketball season, I think there's optimism. Um, I don't want to. We don't want to get too, you know, head over skis here. But um, you know, if if you know, if we start seeing white smoke from the uh, Vatican, maybe we can uh, begin, you know, having some more realistic speculation about what that season could look like, and um, you know, ta- start talking Final Fours again. Um, another interesting note, Tracy. But wait, one thing that we have to say, though, Dave. Please say it. There's a far better chance that basketball starts before football, you'd have to say. Yes. So we need to shift in our minds. We start need to doing some basketball previews. Ooh. Ooh, that's going to require a real – because sure. usually, usually uh, again, taking everyone behind the curtain, when I'm writing the basketball team preview – my brain is a uh, it's a fried egg that's gone like old and cold, you know, like mm-hmm. it's been fried and now it's like starting to get like a little bit scummy and desiccated. Um, that's where I am usually when I'm writing the basketball preview because it's in the middle of football season. So, so I'm we're going to get non-desiccated. You're going to get Dave, fresh Dave brain. brain. You're going to okay. get fresh brain, Dave, which I don't oh. know if it's necessarily any better. Like, I don't think it's any better, but it'll be different. Or has anyone really experienced that since maybe you were 19 years old? (laughs) No, even then. I mean, it was more just like just it was sitting in a fishing fishbowl of alcohol. Of alcohol. Yeah. That's how I preserve it. I I know that very well. Yeah. Um, Um, Oh, that was great. Let's do it again. Ready? um, Um, That was great. (laughs) I loved it. uh, So there's that. There's optimism. There's happy hoops. Can we talk um, about another happy topic? I think I know where you're going. Yeah, go ahead. UCLA suing Under Armour. <laughs> uh, isn't that fun? It is I fun. Mean, Honestly, and, and, I wish they would have yeah. sued them earlier. I wish they would have. They should have sued them when they were still in, you know, good faith on the contract. Sue and, Under Armour. Yes. And honestly, obviously, not. We're not attorneys here. We don't play one on the internet, but. Is Under Armour's basis for its argument just completely like, did they pull like some pre-law students? The fundamental basis of their argument, like the fundamental basis that they're going to get down to is, sorry, we don't have any money anymore. Like, that's really what it is. And the rest of it's just icing. And um, they should have gone for that. They are going to get punished just, in court by, bankruptcy. by, by like, doing this other thing. Yeah. You know, that COVID-19 thing. Uh, yeah, you guys, you, you breached your contract, UCLA, because of what? Uh, no, no. Every, I mean that. That's not what they, they thought they were sure. slick. Oh my god! They thought they were wow. slick. Um, and the UCLA lawyers had to be giggling when they saw that basis. Well, and you've got and Cal's doing the same thing. They're both kind of suing Under Armour back. Um, and it's gonna get. I think it'll probably take forever, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, judging from what everyone is saying about this whole situation, it seems unlikely that Under Armour would prevail. Um, and did they even ever do the UCLA store that they claimed they were going to do? Uh, why do I remember that there was one, but maybe not. We, it, there was one, but they didn't outfit it with any UCLA gear or a very I limited amount, something like that. Yes. Um, Absolutely. but anyway, like, I think you could probably find situations in that contract that don't look good for either side, but at the end of the day, they're, 
this is going to be a hard one for them to uh, to win. And, you, so. and UCLA's approach to this, um, their mindset is pretty much, hey, whatever we can get out of them, you know? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's extra. because it, it's, it, it's not sitting here saying, wow, I mean, we need that money to be able to strike a deal with another apparel. No, it's not at all. They, it's just whatever they can get out of them. I mean, it was a $280 million deal over 15 years, which comes out to, I think, $18 million a year or something like that. Uh, they're suing, I think they're suing for 200 million. Uh, you know, let's say, let's say somehow there's a, there's a settlement, uh, and it's 80 million for the next, how many years are we in four years, something like that. Yeah. They're going to have payment, a payment schedule. I mean, all in all, you're going to get some money, obviously, you know, if you get that, but it's going to be a payment. And then, and let's say you even get all that then they're going to go, then they're going to say, well, we don't have any money to give you because we're in bankruptcy. I mean, more than likely UCLA won't see that much, but they're not basing any other decision specifically like other apparel deals on any, on presuming they're getting any kind of money out of under. What should happen at the end of the day? What would be so funny and cool? UCLA just owns Under Armour at the end. Like, oh yeah, UCLA has its own apparel company. It's Under Armour. (laughs) I mean, yeah. they, they're on the hook for whatever it was, $250 million. I mean, that's that's, that's probably a pretty hard, huge chunk of that valuation right now. Yeah. Um, so I'd have to think. I mean, yeah. how much could that company be worth? Uh, I don't know. You're going to make me look at a stock thing. It's got to be like maybe, uh, maybe let's say a couple of billion, maybe? So market cap is $4.28 billion. Okay. So, yeah, I don't know. That's a decent percentage of the company. I mean, it's, it's a, <laughs> what's the stock at? What's the stock at? Uh, we're at nine bucks or oh, almost ten bucks. Come on. You know, it, it peaked at well, I don't know if it peaked, but I know it it reached like seventy. Yeah, so let's look. The one year Oh yeah, so five so at the beginning so when this was all happening, it was what, the end of twenty fifteen where they're starting to negotiate and then when was it announced? Uh yeah, twenty fifteen it was announced. Yeah, they were at fifty bucks a share. In October 2015. And then also, I mean, very simply, too, they had to know they had financial difficulties. And they misrepresented it to UCLA in doing this. This is easy stuff, man. I I, I don't know. It just seems like I want to know who the attorneys are. If anyone listening to this has any insight or knows someone indirectly, an attorney who's working for Under Armour, We'd love to talk to you because, man, this is this is not really sophisticated kind of. Uh, it's pretty, pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. cool behavior. Gotta like, it. gotta like it. Yeah, gotta love it. Gotta love it. So my my whole thing on the apparel thing is um, UCLA should go like one of those professional soccer teams and just get somebody to put their name on the jerseys, like whatever, just some sponsor, and have them be like sponsoring the jerseys, and then just buy the stuff wholesale. That's it. Because somebody will pay out of pocket a huge amount to just sponsor. Don't do the whole complicated apparel deal. Just buy that stuff yourself, and then. Uh, how about how about the thing that if UCLA actually strikes a deal with Nike, which you know we never thought would ever happen in our lifetime, what what kind of boost that could give to the basketball program? Do you not want to think about that? You just want some no name brand, or do you want to really think about that? I mean, I'd love to think about it, but like, okay. I, well, think about it, Dave, because that's what you're here to do on this podcast. Oh, right, 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 that right, 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 
that's right. We're supposed to convey information and opinions that are and sophisticated and, like, and knowledgeable yeah. to the yeah. people out there. Right. That's us. Oh, okay. <sighs> Forgot about that for a second. So you just speculate on it right there. What could Nike do for the UCLA basketball program? I mean, I think it would do a lot. Um, I think there's potential that it would get in, get them in with the other, you know, big time guys. But frankly, McCron's done a pretty good job without any yeah, but help. Let me just tell you this: he has, and there have been a lot. There have been coaches that have, but you are always against. You're always against it. You're always up against it. There is okay. Let's say there is the you know the Nike League that goes on uh every summer the former eybl is that what the former is? eybl um you're in a little club there as a coach you come in wearing your nike gear everyone says hey how you i mean you are in the nike club all the au teams it's a club they're all pro nike all they're getting money from nike obviously the au coaches so they're pro nike the kids are pro nike you come in well when you came in as Adidas, you were, had a little bit better chance, but it was it was really tough. And Under Armour, you're really you're fighting a war that you just another battle that's a huge part of your of recruiting that shouldn't have to be, but it is. Just imagine if all of that goes away, how much easier this might be. I, it's hard for fans to imagine because they're not. They haven't experienced it and they don't get it and they don't understand why that creates such, you know, a roadblock for recruits. But it absolutely does. And that roadblock would just would be down then you'd be UCLA would be part of the club. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for uh, more positive uh, hoops news, because as you know, I'm a basketball homer. Yeah. Um, Long time. I think the last uh, year, eight months. I think it goes longer than that. Well, but. it's 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 about um I was a I'm a basketball you said a basketball homer 2003 to 2009 and 2019 to 2020. And then how about how about football fan? Um Wait, let me write that down. Wait, you write that down. How many years? 2003 to 2009. Uh-huh. So six years. Yeah, because I, I was still on board with with Howland for that 2009 year, um, and then you know how, how adorable. Okay, six years, and then uh, and then you've got the the year of Mick Cronin. So seven years, and how many? And how? And well, because that's the thing is, I didn't really start paying attention until the late Lavin years, right? Okay, late. Then do late. Okay, late Lavin. That's three years, and then Alford was six. So that's nine. Yeah, plus the zombie Howland years. Zombie Howland years. So that's five. Are we counting four or five of those? Uh, let's count four because 2009 I'll give them credit for because that was still a pretty good team. Um, okay, so 13 of the last 20 basketball seasons you have well, – not, let's just, I have not, not been, cared. I have not been a basketball homer. Let's say you that. You have not been a basketball – you UCLA basketball fan. You were indifferent. In fact, Dave – you at are times, we putting cards on the table? At times, you were rooting for them to lose, weren't you? Perhaps, Jay? perhaps one might say that. One might, man, I possibly say that. Let's stop this down. <laughs> um, now football, and then wait. Let's do football. All right, so football. Here's here's okay. So I have spent I think longer periods of times caring about the outcome, right? 
I think my like my my baseline like fandom with football is always a little bit higher, and I think it's just generally I find the sport like a little bit more interesting. So I'm a little bit more just kind of like baseline engaged at all times. But if we're talking about like Homer about it, you're talking like one Darrell year, and it wasn't even 2005. I think it was like 2003. It was probably the first year. Um, <laughs> New Heisel was a year. And okay, not true. even not even a full year, but a year. Um, Mora... Three years. I'll even give him the Josh Rosen first year. I'll go four yeah. years. Six years. Um, and then... Chip Kelly? Uh, yeah. And then, and then Chip year? Kelly. Nope. Okay, six years. Yeah, six years. So six out of 17, right? Yeah. So uh, over the course of combined football and basketball seasons that are, let's say... 34 seasons you have been an out and out fan for half of those yeah it seems right yeah so half of those your mindset was it wasn't only just that you were indifferent you kind i hope of they dis- do well you despise them though right you just said this this ruins yeah, my life the they're, fact they're, that this sir, is this yes yes that this guy coaching this team this way, with those players that I don't like, I it's not like you're even watching a team that you traditionally don't like. Like, I know you don't like Stanford. Right. <laughs> this this has extra added resentment because it is your team. Right. right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole, like, and this is a lot of people. I know I'm not just speaking independently about myself. Uh, there's a whole, like, probably, whole like, lot. workup you could do on the, the psychosis that goes into that. Like, why care? Like, after a little while, why still care? You know? like And, and I think it's because it's, it's my formative fandom, though. Because I was yeah. a big Angels baseball fan before I was anything else. But the why Angels... Why was that when you grew Angels, up in El Segundo? Because my dad. It just, you know, it was just one of those inherited things. But yeah. it just... They were so bad. Like, I'm talking mid-90s Angels. Uh, they were horrible. Absolutely horrible. And then I stopped right after they won the World Series. Like, I was just like, oh, okay, I guess that's enough. Just... I mean, there, there were, they weren't just bad. Horrific. There was, they were tragic. There was... Well, it was, always, it was always the Charlie Brown thing, too, because they would always go out and buy these, uh, you know, high-priced free agents who were on the downside of their career, and everyone would be like, oh, yeah, they're going to be great. And then, you know, Mo Vaughn steps in a dugout and breaks his foot on the first game. You know, Donnie, just all that stuff. Donnie Moore. Oh, man. Yeah, no, exactly. And this was even before my time. But yes, I mean, all this stuff, it's just. Yeah. So Angels fandom, I think, prepared me for UCLA fandom in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, it's it can be a tragic life. And but you know what, then? And I have to admit, I'm more in line with you. And then there are the other people that no matter who coaches, no matter what, where UCLA is, they they will root for UCLA. Yeah, it's guard. almost like it's almost like they just like watching UCLA play games. Weird, like they don't have invested a lot of their own, you know, weird psychoses involved, or and it's just different major, types. Yeah, major respect for them, though, right? Don't you think? Don't you think they have a lot better lives than you and I do? Uh, look, I find my life intellectually gratifying. Do they find theirs potentially more? Um, Pleasant? Potentially. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Uh, I should have been a pair of ragged claws 
scuttling across the floors of silent seas. T.S. Eliot, look at me just pulling wow. out that pulling out that. Wow, we're going baby. we're going deep. That was great. Thank you very much. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, we got one okay. final thing to talk about, Tracy. Okay. Offensive lineman. Oh, Noah Pulealii. 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 You know who's really good at pronouncing Brandon Polynesian Huffman. Names? No, you know who beats him is Blair. Angulo. Oh, you know Blair. Blair nails it every time. Blair is responsible for uh, Hawaii. That's his region. So he and you know what Blair Blair loves. He loves to kind of rub your face in it, don't you think? While yeah. you're kind of saying it, he goes, "No, it's Balalula." Okay, thanks, Blair. Thank you, Blair friggin' player. Um, but anyway, UCLA got a commitment from an offensive lineman who's pretty good. He is. Uh, really kind of interesting, too. Um, I mean, just let's look at the – let's do the whole perspective on offensive line recruiting and offensive line coach Justin Fry. Uh, really interesting, I think, because he gets to UCLA first year, comes in, and wow. I mean, what he was handed was pretty bad. Didn't have a lot of talent. Uh, was was pretty thin and pretty not talented. Um, he needs to put a good product on the field. Does that? I thought they came away from season one showing, wow, that was a. They made a big improvement. They were a lot better. Then gets into the 20, uh, 2019 recruiting class basically, and pretty much kind of lays an egg. I, I mean, he went over. 17 something like that missed on a bunch of california recruits that he was going after uh which was really kind of crazy because he was coming off that year where the offensive line looked well coached um so then they have the 2019 season and you would say that the offensive line didn't look as good correct correct okay so he's coming off that uh Starts to rec- uh, you know, goes into the recruiting cycle and is actually kind of behind on a few guys, including Puliali. Um, Puliali came to UCLA's camp, been on campus, really liked UCLA, uh, but they didn't offer him until pretty late. Um, while they had offered, uh, while they had not offered, other schools had pulled ahead, mostly Cal, and then he, you know, the recruitment got a little bit bigger, like with Oklahoma. Um, so you would think that he it would have been tough recruiting tougher recruiting to a school that had two losing seasons in a row coming off a season where you didn't look that good on the field but Justin Fry turns it around he um, easily has his best recruiting class of of four guys three guys that I think are potentially future starters um, two tackles in um, Thomas Cole, Garrett DiGiorgio, and probably projects to being inside is Noah Puliali. And I think Puliali is a potential pro from what I see of him on tape. So really turn it around. Give him, give him a lot of credit. Uh, Justin Fry, uh, you know, really bounce back. Had, had maybe a little bit more to sell, more playing time. Uh, when you, when you miss on a, when you're shooting for four or five guys and you only get two, 
and then maybe some of the younger guys on your on your um, depth chart haven't necessarily lived up to potential starter level. You've got playing time to sell. So all of this kind of went into a, so far a really good offensive line recruiting cycle for 2021. So give him give him a lot of credit. That's it's a great that's a great job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very good and very needed. Um, and not necessarily especially so because, you know, who knows if Jake Burton still would have been around. But uh, with Jake Burton deciding to transfer out, you know, it just kind of brings into focus the uh, offensive line depth um, as, a, yeah. as an ongoing concern. So very offensive good line, Offensive line is, is really one of those things that's very interesting. You add one guy and you can look at it and go, wow, okay, their depth looks, looks pretty good. Look at that. You take one guy away and it's like a ripple effect. Wow. Okay, now they're a little vulnerable. Yep. It's literally contingent on, on one guy. And if we're talking about, if we're going to talk about Jake Burton, um, I don't think any UCLA fan should show really any kind of animosity towards him doing this. Uh, when it comes to football on any football team, how many guys have a realistic shot? Let's just say the scholarship guys. How many scholarship guys have a realistic shot of playing in the NFL in any given graduating year? I mean, for UCLA, it's been three to four, right? Yeah, I mean, peak Mora years, there'd be, you know, potentially a dozen. But, yeah, it's right. been okay. pretty limited of late. So, I mean, just not that at any given time on uh, a UCLA roster, there might be 10 guys out of 85. Yeah. I mean, and – that's just guys who have a chance, not guys who are actually that you would say clearly are going to play in the NFL. So, I mean, this is his livelihood. This is what he's been working for. This is, <laughs> I, you cannot begrudge the kid that he needs to go out and get some, if now let's just assume there is going to be a fall season because I know you're going to do your happy crappy thing. Um, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm, I'm beginning to think they're just going to do it anyway. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. I, mean, I, I, yeah. I, I thought they were too. So you're coming around to my point of view. Not real. I mean, I, I still think if they're being smart about the whole thing, they would want, want to, but, um, it's, it's getting to the point where it's like, well, if they weren't pumping the brakes, Texas tech didn't pump the brakes and they had 21 positive tests. LSU, Oklahoma, both reported their offensive lines are pretty much out. Um, but they're not pumping the brakes on practice. UNC went back to practice after closing campus. Um, just all those factors. I, I just maybe the you know the sane, level-headed lawyers are not ruling the day the way I thought they might be. Yeah. So Jake Burton has to make that business decision. I know he he Jake likes UCLA quite a bit, even though he went through the most losing. His four years there have been <laughs> four losing seasons. Um, would really ideally like to stay, but he, he had to make this business decision to go and play to potentially make a living off of something that he's put so much work into. So I don't think there's any way you can begrudge this, right? No, certainly not. And I mean, okay. I don't, I'm, uh, as everyone who listens to this knows, I'm very pro players doing whatever the hell they want. So. Even in a normal situation, if Jake Burton wanted to transfer right now and he's a grad transfer and get immediately eligible, then okay. If he sees a better opportunity, then go for it. Um, but in this scenario with UCLA 
definitely not playing in the fall and there's still potential they won't play at all in the spring um yeah i think you got to do it um yeah. i think it makes sense for them so i certainly wouldn't begrudge him i think you begrudge the situation um i think that's that's certainly it's it's worth ire but directing it at, at uh jake burton misses the mark there are, with the NCAA uh, enacting that rule, I think it was last Friday, where everyone gets a do-over year, <laughs> all every athlete in fall, yeah. including football players, there are so many what-ifs that literally I've made calls, talked to coaches, talked to some administrators, and they literally said, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it to be so hard to, to figure out. So hard to figure out. I mean, one guy on the board brought up the question, okay, what if there's early entrant uh, guys who come into UCLA early? UCLA does play its spring season. Is that just a free season for them? Do, does it count for them? And if you speculate about it, you got to think, yeah, just like anyone else, they're a freshman. They should, and everyone who's playing this year gets a free year. They should get a free year too. So it, I, if you came in early, theoretically, as a high school prospect, you would get a free year of playing college football. Yeah. Which, which is pretty crazy. And then on top of it, like the thing I did, I think it was yesterday, what the projected depth chart might look like if every, if people return. And UCLA actually might have maybe more of a chance of having more people return than other programs. Maybe. I don't know. But you'd think it, they might. They're going to have less kind of Jake Burtons um, of NFL potential guys who want to go play to get more film to be ready for the NFL draft. And then there's the other speculative, speculative thing. And I've been trying to run this rule down. I think there used to be – there was a rule and a coach told me this that if you start out at a school, then you transfer to another school, you can return to your home school without penalty. You can – so theoretically – and I'm trying to nail that down. The NSA rule book is kind of a bitch. You could – with the extra year, you could transfer, go play somewhere else for, let's say, this fall, and then come back and play that same year of eligibility back at your home school. I don't know. There's a lot going on there. And yeah. The NCAA hasn't, from what I've heard, the NCAA hasn't even come close to determining anything on that. They, they are probably so inundated with other things, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, cool. We have anything else? Do you have anything else? Do you have anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> no, I think that's good. It was a great show. We laughed. Great we show. cried. We made the magic and we'll, happen. And Once we'll again. be back. We'll be back next week. Will we? We're gonna try. I think. Who knows? I'd you know, like you to can't say, say that you we're can't gonna... say anything definitively, Tracy, in this life. Mm, that's we're, that's we're, absolutely true. But we're gonna I make our have best. To believe in something. We're gonna make our best attempt to be here again next week, providing you this joyous content. That's what we can promise you. I'll take that. Our best effort. All right. For Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods. Bruin Report Online. We will talk to you again next time. Hey, everyone buy a mask, a bro mask, and an Avery Huffman uh, DIPG foundation mask. It all goes to that foundation charity supporting uh, the Brandon's effort to defeat DIPG. So buy a mask. Do it now.